Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Lisa Berner, who is featured in Wine Country Women of Willamette Valley and Walla Walla. Lisa is the proprietor and winemaker for Berner Wines in the Willamette Valley. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. Thank you for having me, Michelle. This is going to be so much fun. It's It's been a little while since I've seen you, so I'm excited not only to share your story, but to catch up with you. So you are from Wisconsin. <laughs> I am. What was your first professional job? I was a cytotechnologist. Oh my which, gosh, um, what is that? We uh, would look at cells, exfoliated cells from the body, screening them for cancer. So oh. we assisted pathologists. So we'd do the pre-screen. We'd find precancerous or cancerous lesions. They would go, the pathologist would look at the slides and then verify and assign a, a diagnosis to it. So we were kind of the, the stepping stone for the uh, pathologist. So I did that for a couple of years. Um, pay was great, but it was a difficult situation. I did not like working in the hospital setting and um, just decided I needed to take another path in my life. But great first start, <laughs> first chapter. Well, science, definitely being a winemaker is a lot of science. But before we jump to your current career, how did you find yourself moving from Wisconsin to Oregon? So my husband and I, we met in uh, undergrad and we uh, both were drawn to fisheries. And so after we graduated from college, we headed to the East Coast and um, did some graduate work at the Marine Biological Laboratory in Woods Hole, Massachusetts. And that that really sealed the deal for us. We want to continue fisheries work. So we started applying to master's programs on the West Coast. I was fortunate enough to uh, get into Oregon State University and their fisheries program and pursue my master's degree in fisheries. So that's what brought us to Oregon. Once we were here, we fell in love with the environment, outdoorsiness of the people that live here and just the resources that were available. And so, yeah, pretty much graduate school was what brought me to Oregon. You studied fishery. So when did you decide, I want to be a winemaker? So then I practiced fisheries uh, science for a number of years. I worked for Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife, and I started out in the management portion of the department and would interview creel fishermen and kind of assess what what their catches were for the day so that we could assess the, the impact we were having on the population. And then from there, I moved on to research, and I worked studying white sturgeon in the Columbia River. That was a great job. I love that job. I was in the field a lot. I would be gone for, you know, eight to 10 days at a time. But then uh, my husband and I decided we wanted to start a family. And so that kind of travel was not conducive to family life. And so I decided to quit my job and focus on family. And so I was a stay-at-home mom for a while until my son reached elementary age. And then I decided I needed 
of course, to get back into the working world. And I wanted to use my science degree, but I knew I was no longer able to do research on fisheries because it was it would take me away from family life. So I live in Yamhill County, which is northern Willamette Valley and surrounded by the wine industry. And so I decided I would go back to school and I went to Chemeketa Community College, which has a great two-year program. And I got my winemaking degree there. And so my intention was to utilize my, you know, science background and my laboratory skills and to work in a laboratory for a winery, which I did for a number of harvests. Yeah, you worked at some nice wineries. Yeah, I started at Stoller uh, as part of the the winemaking program that I attended. They require that you get hands-on experience. So I went uh, I worked at Stoller for a harvest, which was great experience. I worked under Melissa Burr, who is currently the winemaker there and great experience. It was great to work for a woman and just to see the respect that she garnered in her position. And from there, I worked then with Adelsheim and then Dobbs and finally with Shea Wine Cellars, which is in Yamhill Carlton AVA. And that's where I really kind of learned the ins and outs of winemaking. The winemaker brought me into the fold and kind of taught me how to make wine. So my husband and I decided, heck, let's let's give it a go. You know, like many other winemakers in the Willamette Valley in the early days, you start in your garage. <laughs> <laughs> and so we bought some grapes and made a, a barrel's worth of wine, which is 25 cases. And I shared it with people in the industry and they gave me great feedback. And then from there, we just started our own label and it's all history. And here you are. Yeah, and here we are. We just love the industry. It's been a good growth experience for me, learning with other fellow winemakers and just how cooperative they are. And it's been a fantastic experience. You started your winery in 2015, right? Correct. So you've got five years under your belt. What's been the most challenging part? <laughs> Other than maybe the current uh, year or two. <laughs> swallowing the tariff on glass prices. <laughs> oh, wow. That's Truly. a recent thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, it's... it's pretty frustrating. Yeah, it really makes those kind of costs, especially, you know, 500 cases. So we really need to kind of watch our costs like that. And that's been the most challenging part, just trying to keep things reasonably priced. Our label, we have a, I think, a a really quality label. And because we have such a small run, then our label prices go up to have 150 case lots, that sort of thing. So just the pricing, you know, other than that, the actual making of the wine has been great. I've worked with great winemakers. I am a custom crush client, so I work in wineries with other winemakers. And so it's been fun just sharing challenges and knowledge. The winery that I work at currently, it's just myself and the winery owner. And that's really been a great experience. Nice not having to share equipment with as many people, which can be challenging, especially in the midst of harvest. Everyone needs the same equipment. So it's been a nice uh, advancement. During these last five years, you've named a few people that have been instrumental in your winemaking career. Is there Uh a standout who's been like a mentor to you? Oh, definitely. His name is Blair Traven. And he was the winemaker at Shea Wine Cellars, and I worked there for three harvests, and he really was the one that educated me, and so I I consider him one of my true mentors. The other mentor I would probably outline is Barney Watson. 
who was a uh, instructor at Chemeketa Community College. He also was, he's very science-based, which I'm very science-based. And I just felt a connection there and uh, learned a tremendous amount from him. And so I would say Barney Watson and Blair Traven. So let's now talk about your wines. Do you have a mm-hmm. favorite in your portfolio? I do. It is our Carmenere. Ah. I am prim- primarily a red wine drinker. Right. And I like our Carmenere because I like spice in my wine. I would say even our Pinot Noir has a, a kind of a spicy backbone to it. But our, our Carmenere has a pronounced black pepper spice to it. And that just really speaks to me. And I like a bigger bodied red like that. Our Carmenere is... Not too many people make a Carmenere. No, not it's and unique. not too many people are familiar with it. Right. So it's been fun educating people on it. In fact, I just poured for a woman recently who is identified as a Pinot Gris drinker. And I thought, oh boy, this is going to be a hard <laughs> smell. But no, it turned out the Carmenere was her favorite in our portfolio. So I was very pleased with that. Because you only make around 500 cases, mm-hmm. this Carmenere, you only make 100 cases of it. So it's just right. a small production. Yeah, that's fascinating. Why did you choose to make that wine? Just because you love it? You like the spicy characteristics or you wanted to have something different? My husband and son and I traveled to Chile mm -hmm. and that's the signature varietal of Chile, much like Pinot Noir is in Oregon. And so we um, traveled around to some wineries and tasted and I spoke to some of the winemakers and just kind of got a feel for what their technique was, what their tradition was. And then I returned to Oregon and my husband and I were pretty determined at that point to see if we could, you know, find some (laughs) Carmenere. And... There was a gentleman I was working with at the time who just completed the winemaking course in Walla Walla. And so he was familiar with some of the vineyard managers out there. So he sent me some email addresses and I sent out some emails. And Sadie Drury was the one that responded to my email and said, you're in luck. Somebody just dropped their their contract on Carmenere and we jumped on the opportunity and have had the contract ever since. So 2016 was our first year of making Carmenere and it was just pure luck. Who you knew and what your network of people are. So it was great. How would you describe a Lisa Burner wine? I'm very meticulous as far as like my um, very clean wines. I have to admit, I'm more of a scientist than an artist, so I do look at numbers. I'm training myself to trust my palate more than numbers, but um, very traditional winemaking. I I don't like the risk of not inoculating, so I, I do use yeast when I make wine. One of the benefits of yeast is I think you can also drive different profiles in the wine. You can develop a spicier character based on the the yeast that you use. Very approachable. Delicious, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Of course. Can you tell us about a career highlight? And it could be any part of your career. And maybe you have more than one. It would have to come along the lines of I'm a self-distributor, so I have to go out and pour our wines and try to get places to show our wines. And I guess it would come along the lines of sales kind of thing, because that's not my strong suit. I'm a scientist. I'm not a a salesperson. (laughs) So when I have success at sales, it's always a highlight for me. So I guess my kind of claim to fame is 
I have our wines in Oregon from the top of Mount Hood to the to sea level, and I have our wines in Timberline, which is the uh, resort up on Mount Hood, Timberline Ski Lodge at their restaurant, all the way down to Bandon Dunes Golf Course, which is on the Oregon coast. And these are both great exposures, lots of visitors. So I get outside interest and that helps me expand our wine club. So it's it's, considering we only distribute in Oregon. And if you look at our wine club, how much outside interest we have, it's, I, I attribute it to those kind of opportunities, placements. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It warrants the question, if someone wants to try your wine, what's the best way Mm -hmm. for them to do that? On our website, I have the different stockists, as I call them, in Oregon, where where we have our wines placed. They can always contact me. I have um, information on the website. They're coming to Oregon. Would love to, to pour for them by appointment or sign up for a wine club. Ship out of state? We do ship out of state. We only make 500 cases. So we are definitely that micro boutique, which I love. I love you're like that, that secret that everybody needs to know about. (laughs) It is interesting. Even some of the, uh, the tour guides will comment that more and more of their customers are interested in getting those, you know, smaller wineries off the beaten path, non-traditional kind of, um, tastings, you know? Right. So it's, it's been working to our benefit. Absolutely. Everybody wants the hidden gem. Of course. (laughs) And you're one of those. What's ahead for you in the wine world? Do you have another varietal that you want to try? Is there something in the works for your business? We we are going to maintain um, our portfolio as it is. I kind of am of the mindset that, and I know a lot of people will disagree with me, but you cannot do everything well. And right. so I'd rather place my energies into the few varietals that we do produce and, and just make those the best that I can. So we're going to continue with our current portfolio. We're looking into starting to distribute out of state, which then we'd have to, of course, increase production. So, you know, that's the next stepping stone for us is, um, you know, looking beyond the borders of Oregon. If you did, what are some of the states you're entertaining because we are from Wisconsin, that would be one of them. Right. We have a lot of club members from Wisconsin. Texas is appealing, of yes. course. Um, they like their wine. <laughs> they do indeed, indeed. And uh, several wine club members from Texas as well. And they always say that you should start your placements in states that you will likely need to travel to for oh, business and pleasure. Absolutely. And so another one would, would probably be Florida because we have some family living in Florida. So you could mix a little business with pleasure and two birds with one stone type of situation. So yeah, those those states would be on our priority list. Everybody will have to kind of uh, pay attention to that. But in the meantime, uh, go to your website and order a few bottles and try exactly. it. Or come to Oregon. More, that would be even better. Oregon is such a beautiful state. And I uh, I consider myself now an Oregonian, even though I grew, grew up in Wisconsin. You've been um, there 30 years. <laughs> I have, yep. Been here longer than, than Wisconsin, so yeah, yeah it, it's so a great state. I, I do think that you are an Oregonian, for sure. Yes, indeed. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. When you moved to Oregon, how did you choose Dundee? When we initially moved to Oregon, my husband and I 
packed up a Volkswagen bus and <laughs> with all of our headed worldly west. possessions and headed west and we moved to Eugene and we really wanted to stay in Eugene, but we were really having a hard time finding the employment to keep us there. So then we moved up to the Portland metro area and started, we both worked for the Department of Fish and Wildlife decided that you know the population growth was <laughs> becoming exponential and so we wanted to you know get, have some property just to kind of create a buffer from our neighbors <laughs> oh <my laughs> to tell goodness. you the truth yes <laughs> <laughs> and so we moved out to Yamhill County which you know the population at that time was not increasing at the level that it was elsewhere in the Portland metro area so we bought seven acres and just yeah, raised our son here and call this home. And it's just a beautiful area. We're, we're at the base of Shehalem Mountains. So from our property, we can see the Shehalem Valley or the Shehalem Mountain AVA in one direction. And then if you look the other direction, we can see the Dundee Hills AVA. So we are right in the middle of wine country and yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Well, I feel like you've sampled enough of Oregon between Eugene <laughs> and Portland that you kind of found the best of all worlds right there in Denver. Exactly. Right. Because we have the culture of Portland that we can go and watch theater and, you know, whatever, but we can escape and then have the quiet rural setting that we live in. So it's, in my opinion, the perfect situation. So if we took a step inside your home, what would we see? What is your decorating style? What's your color scheme? Oh, I love color. I, um, I'm i all about color. So in the main living areas, it's pretty neutral, but then each room is a pop of color. So for instance, my bedroom is orange. My wow. I have a pur- purple bathroom. My living room is brown. My son's room is a little bit more neutral. He has tan and navy blue. Another bathroom is green. So the main living area is gray, but the, you know, peripheral rooms are all pops of color. So I am all about color. What's your favorite room in your house? My purple bathroom. (laughs) Purple is my favorite color. Purple is my favorite color. And I I fell in love with a print and uh, it was kind of my inspiration. I was going to place it in, in the bathroom and it was the inspiration of this, how I designed the bathroom and decorated it and painted it. So isn't everyone's so favorite room the bathroom tub? i gotta ask <laughs> no it's a standard size tub we our house is um is a modest house it was built in 1916 and so it's been around it's had several families run through it but it's been renovated over the years and upgraded and updated so um it's it's modest there's it's not extravagant by any means but I, I love simple. Well, and it sounds like it's uh, a burst of color and, and it's comfortable. So when you kick back and relax, what kind of music do you like to put on? If I'm in a mellow mood, I like Sade. Just, she has such a beautiful voice. She does. And she, she just kind of disappeared. <laughs> I know it. I don't know what happened to her, but just a beautiful woman, beautiful voice. Love her music. If I'm feeling kind of raucous, I'll probably listen to like the Foo Fighters. I like Dave Grohl. <laughs> All right. My husband and I, for a while, followed the Grateful Dead. So every once in a while, we'll hark back to the old days and listen to some Grateful Dead. <laughs> okay, you're pretty diversified in we that are, music. <laughs> I, I am all over the board. Do you have a hobby? I do. I have a couple of hobbies. 
Well, one of them is I'm a, a new helixophile, which I'm not sure if you're familiar what with what that? that term is. <laughs> that is somebody that collects corkscrews. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so I've, I don't know how I stumbled upon this, but I started collecting them probably two years ago. And uh, it's been a lot of fun just learning about them and, you know, looking, you know, they're all antique. And I love the structure of them. You know, some of them work better than others. You know, they look oh, sure. beautiful, but the practicality, <laughs> not always there, like over-engineered sometimes. But, yeah, so I have a, a pretty cool um, corkscrew. Collection. Uh, collection and how many wait, how many do you have would you say i would say i probably have about mm, 40 hmm. so i'm i'm not over the top and i'm very picky about my which ones i'd like <laughs> to collect the other thing is i am an avid flower gardener i absolutely love flowers i i was pregnant with my son i went through a master gardening course and ever since then, I just um, I just love growing flowers and tending to them and cutting them and putting them in my house. And so that's, you know, that's my other hobby. There's nothing better flowers. than fresh flowers, I think. Oh, my gosh. And it's so easy to grow flowers or grow anything in Oregon, really. Is there something that you can tell us that people might be surprised to learn about you? Do you speak a second language? Did you do something hmm. as a... A uh, youngster that was out of the ordinary. The biggest risks I've taken, like we've, uh, as a family, we go on rafting trips during the summer. Oh, I love rafting, yeah. Yeah, so the Snake River, um, you know, some like class four rapids, pretty frightening. <laughs> that sort of thing, that's the biggest risk I take. I don't have any cavities. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> You might be the only person I know that doesn't have a cavity. And certainly the only person that I've done a podcast interview that's told me that. Excellent. All right, that makes it You own that. That's cute. Uh, It's funny, when I do have my teeth cleaned, the hygienist will tell me, will ask me where I grew up, and I tell them in Wisconsin. And apparently there was some fluoride study that was done in Wisconsin and so they attribute it to that, that I had fluoride treatments as a child, and here I am with who no knew? metal in my mouth. Yeah, who knew exactly? <laughs> well, you know, being from Wisconsin, I think about cheese naturally. Yes, yes, of So course. I've got to ask you, what is one of your favorite cheeses? Hmm. Do you love cheese? Are you burned out cheese. on cheese? Or? No, I love cheese. In fact, and, um, we just have had a new cheese shop open up in Newburgh that actually have placement there of our Carmenere. Love their cheese. She's introducing me to like more exotic cheeses that I'm not as familiar with. The, my latest one is that she introduced me to, and I'm probably not even going to pronounce it correctly. It's called something like Secret Compostal. Oh Are gosh. you familiar with that cheese? Describe it. What kind of... Describe the cheese. It's a white cheese. It's, um, is well, it when soft? I was asking for it, no, it's on the softer side, but it's not soft mm-hmm. like a brie type of cheese. But when I was asking for a uh, cheese to pair with Pinot Blanc, that's what they recommended. And I fell in love with it. It goes not only with Pinot Blanc, it goes with Pinot Noir, our Carmenere. So it's become my kind of new go to cheese. But I love just about any cheese, a nice, you know, blue cheese. Cheddar cheese. That's that's yeah. our bread and butter in Wisconsin. <laughs> I like, I have a favorite thousand day old cheddar cheese. Oh, I mm. take that back. I take it back. It's a Gouda, but oh, still uh-huh. so yummy. Some age. Any good Wisconsinite will also comment on cheese curds. 
Oh, great. Cheese curds. Um, <laughs> cheese curds are pretty delicious, and the sign of a fresh cheese curd is if it squeaks when you bite it. Really? Yep, should squeak in your teeth. <laughs> There's your trivia tip for the day. <laughs> yep, Wisconsin cheese trivia. How often do you get back to Wisconsin? I haven't been back since last March, since the COVID thing kicked in. But we usually try to go back yearly. annually yeah i have a sister back there and my husband's um mother lives back there and his brother so you know we have a fair amount of family that's worth making the the travel back and it's always comical to go back to wisconsin because it's our roots but we've grown so much since growing up there that returning and you know just some of the the wisconsin traditions and the accent is just it's pretty fun (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you have a completely different different perspective on it now. Yes, definitely. Sure. Definitely. Let's wrap things up with five quick questions. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. What kind of car do you drive, Lisa? I drive a Toyota Tundra out of necessity. Oh, yes. <laughs> Hauling pallets of wine and such. What is your favorite flower? Ah, freesia. I love the fragrance of freesia. When it's time for dessert, what do you reach for? <laughs> Anything chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a chocolate. I eat chocolate daily. Oh, daily. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's kind you of have a great you know, metabolism. <laughs> well, you know, it, in moderation, you know, I, I much like, you know, red wine in mo- you know, moderation has some health benefits. I believe that dark chocolate does. So sure. It's kind of my, my go-to. What's your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving, you know, food family, delicious beverages. What is one of your all-time favorite movies? Usually when I watch a movie, I like to be taken away from reality. So it's comedy-based. So one of my favorites is Meet the Parents. It's an old comedy. But a fun (laughs) one, for sure. Yeah. Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. It was a lot of fun. Of course. Well, thank you, Michelle. I enjoyed it. Visit WineCountryWomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.